Okay, good evening everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Baruch HaMaboim. Tonight, Shir, I want to thank um, the Zakaim Mishpacha for sponsoring all the Shir on Sefer Shemois. Le'ilay Nishmas, Rav Shloyma Eliezer ben Rav Yaakov Zakaim, and Le'ilay Nishmas, Rivka Bas Tovya Halevi, the Nisham Shavan Ali, Melitza Yisharim, for their whole family, Abiyas Goel Tzedek. Also, tonight's Shir should be Le'ilay Nishmas, Le'iloi Nishmas, Brian Olea Basar Avigdor Yaakov Halevi, whose yard site is this evening, the mother of Reb Chaim Zimin. Tehei Nishmas Tzura B'Tzor HaChaim. Okay, Shalom Aleichem everyone. We're, uh, I would like to focus on an Indian at the end of Parshas Tetzaveh. We know Parshas Tuma speaks about the Kalim of the Beis HaMikdash and the Mishkan. First we speak about the Aroin, the Shulchan, the Menorah, the Mishkan itself, the Uriah, the Krashim, that's Parshas Truma. Parshas Tetzavah speaks about the Big Day Kahuna, the garments the Kohen Gadol wears when he does the Avoida. Then the end of the Parsha talks about the Chanukah of the Mishkan, the inauguration of the Mishkan, and the Parsha concludes with a description of how to build the Mizbeach Hazahav, the golden Mizbeach. So that seems to be out of place because the Mizbeach is one of the Kalim. So it should be in Truma, not in Tetzaveh. The Mizbeach was a Kli. The way the Ramban asked the Kasha is the Mizbeach was one of the Kalim Hapnimim. It's one of the inner Kalim. It's, it belongs with the Menorah and the Shulchan. So really it should be in Parshat Truma the Arayin, followed by the Menorah, the Shulchan, and the Mizbeach HaKetoras. And yet, somehow, some reason, after the discussion of the Big Day Kahuna, after the discussion of the Chanukah, <coughs> then we discuss, the Torah describes how to build the Mizbeach HaKetoras. Haloi Davarhu, what's the reason for that? Why is it out of order? It's like, completely out of order. Okay, that's the question for tonight. Another thing you need to know is that in Parshas Truma, the Ramban Shita is, there is Mokdam and Mokhar, right? But even Rashi, who says Ein Mokdam and Mokhar, nevertheless, we're entitled to ask that it's out of place. You know, Ein Mokdam and Mokhar means chronologically the way things happened and not necessarily the way it's written in the Torah. But Parshas Truma is about the Kalim, Parshas Tzavah is about the Big Dekuna. Why is the description of Mizbech HaZohav in Tzavah to be in Truma? So let's begin with a very important observation of Archaim HaKadosh. Last Monday we discussed that Shlomo HaMelech, when he built the Beis HaMikdash, he, he added to the Arayim. Moshe Rabbeinu's Arayim had two Kruvim, Shlomo's Arayim had four Kruvim. Besides the two Kruvim on top of the Kaporis, he had two Kruvim on the sides of the Kodesh HaKadoshim overlooking. And that we discussed last week in the times of Shloimai, they needed extra hachzakas Torah, extra support of the Torah. Shlomo also made extra shulchanos and extra menorahs. But he didn't dispose of the shulchan and the menorah and the aura that Moshe Rabbeinu made. And yet, if you look and say from Malachim, Shloimai HaMelech took Moshe's golden altar and he buried it, and he made his own golden altar. How could he do such a thing? Why did Shomar Melech do that? This, in fact, is uh, the question of Rashi. Rashi in Sefer Melachim is very troubled. Um, in Melachim, Aleph, Paragvav, Pasuk Chav, 
Rashi is bothered, Tamiani, Vishalmoisha, Loma Nignas. Why did Shloimai bury the Mizbeach of Maishrabenu? That's the question that the Archaim HaKadosh deals with. And uh, if you take a look at number one, the Archaim HaKadosh is found in Parshish Truma, Perk Chavhe, Pasuk Tes. He's going on the Pasuk, V'chein Ta'asu. And so should you make it, which seems like the way you make it here in the Mishkan is the way it needs to be made for all time. And the Archaim HaKadosh points out that the Shulchan and the Menorah that Moshe made it's a machloikes if Shlomai HaMelech only used the ones that Moshe made, or he also used the ones that he added. But there's no question the, mo- the ones that Moshe made were used. There's just a question whether he also used the ones that he made. But when it comes to the Mizbeach HaZahav, it's a Dover Muskam that he hid the Mizbeach of Moshe, and he only used his own Mizbeach. How could he do such a thing? Says Rachaim Hakadosh, what allowed Shlomo to sort of dispose of Moshe's mizbeach and only use the mizbeach he made is the fact that the Torah is oiker the discussion of the mizbeach haKetores. He d- does not discuss it in Parshas Chuma and only discusses it in Parshas Tetzaveh. That indicates the kalim that are discussed in Parshas Chuma are v'chein ta'asu ledoyros. Those are the kalim that have to be used for all time. Then Parshat Sasavah talks about the Big Day Kahuna that needs to be used for all time. Then Hashem tells Moshe, you, you make this Mizbech HaKtoyres of these dimensions and this Oifen, but it's not Ma'akev for the rest of the Mishkan. In other words, look in the Archaim HaKadosh. The Archaim HaKadosh says, V'nira ki ha rimza hadavar. The Torah is Meramez. B'masha akra seder mitzvahs Mizbech HaZahav mimakam shahayaroi l'tzavah The fact that the Torah uproots the, or, the arrangement of the Zbech from the place that it should have spoken about it, because first it talks about the Arain, which is Panimi Panimian, and then the Kapoires, and then the Shulchan, and then the Menorah, and then the Mishkan, the Uriah, and the Krashim, and then the Zbech Chitzain, and then the Chatzar, and then the Shemen, and then the Zbech Hazav. Says the this should give you a, a very strong sense that clearly the Mizbeach HaZahav is of a different uh, level of importance than all the other Kalim. And the indication here is that you don't have to follow the uh, ingredients and the instructions mentioned in Parshat Tzitzavah when it comes to the Beis HaMikdash. Okay, so that's the approach of Archaim HaKadosh. Again, we don't exactly know why Shlomo felt he needed to but he felt he was allowed to based on the fact that it's not even discussed here. And maybe even more, Shlomo studied the Psukim. The fact that it's not discussed in Shuma, that implies that it was only a, a um, command for that time. And it's sort of a signal to him that he needs to make a different kind of Mizbeach. And then, so in other words, once Shlomo had license to make the Mizbeach different, so Beroiv Kachmasai, and through his Nevuah, he realized that it needed to be different for his uh, Beis HaMikdash. That's the approach of the Arachayim HaKadosh. By the way, regards for the Arachayim HaKadosh, just for Zoycha to be on Mount of Olives. And um, Baruch Hashem, he's, he's right there, being Melas, Yosher for Klal Yisrael. Okay, that is the approach of the Arachayim HaKadosh. There is an amazing Sefer, written by one of the Rishonim, 
just on the secrets of the dimensions of the Mishkan. The name of the Sefer, you should be familiar with this uh, name of Arishan, is the Shote Giboyrim. And he also is bothered, why did Shloimai remove the Mizbeach HaKetoyres that Moshe Rabbeinu made and made his own? And if you're going to say, why, in other words, well, well, Shlomo thought his Mizbech is better than the Mizbech of Moshe. And if he hid Moshe's with the other cam that he was Gana's, why did he do that? He should have used the the Kli of Moshe Rabbeinu. So speaking about Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, on Monday, no, on, what's, what's today? Yesterday. 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 I went to the Marasamach Yesterday, I stood by the cave of the patriarchs. Say, so, okay, that's very nice. What does that have to do with Zayin Adar? Ayin Biyakut Ruveni. That even though traditionally we believe Abraham, Adam and Chava, Yitzchak and Sarah, Yaakov and Leah, Yitzchak and Rivka, Yaakov and Leah. Also, by the way, I saw Esav's head. It also sends regards. There's a star. Biyakut Ruveni says, Moshe Rabbeinu is buried in Marasamach I it says Loyada Ishes Kfurasai. That means originally where he was buried, nobody knows where he was, but he has an underground cave from his burial spot to the Marasa Machpela, and he goes back and forth. So, so I was at Moshe's Makam uh, Kvura on Zayin Adar. I didn't plan it. Now, the other thing was. Well, Adam Machava. So uh, yeah. He's not. He's only only at certain times, like you know, people rent in Eretz Yisrael for a couple months a year. He has. He's and, a welcome visitor. Yeah, he he has, he has uh, um, rights, you know, visiting rights. Uh, another interesting thing is the night before, Monday night, which is still Zayin Adar, I was in Svas by the Arizal's Kever. That Rizal was the Nitzutz of Moshe Rabbeinu. So on Zayin Adar was by the Rizal and Svas and by the, the uh, Marasa Machpela. Okay. So anyway, the Shulta Gibayram asked this question also. Why did Shlomai HaMelech... So you say, we're, uh, I was not at Shlomai HaMelech's Kever. Why? Because Shaloi Yada Ishes Kfurasai Ara Yemazah. Anyway, so the Shulta Gibayram asks, why did Shlomai hide the Mizbech of Moshe? Why would he do such a thing? And he says a davar oyer menayra, and this I heard on a tape many many years ago. This goes back about ten years ago. I have a there's a man in Queens by the name of Rabbi Milton Nordlicht, who has the sole rights on the tapes of Rabbi Soloveitchik and Rabbi Isaac Bernstein, who's a rabbi in England. He came from Ireland. Rabbi Bernstein's tapes are the best. Shiurim I ever heard on Chumash. It was about 10 years ago. So I once heard him quote the Shilta Gibayram to answer Achaim's Kasha. Now, I gave this shir this morning. I haven't seen Mr. Milton Nordlicht maybe in close to 10 years. I turned on the shir this morning on the Zoom. Mr. Milton Nordlicht's on the shir. I said, how do you know? He thought, you know, these things happen. Anyway, you remember him? Do you know who he is, Mr. Tzvi? Yes. Okay. So... Anyway, the Shilte Gibayrim. Rafi, he used to come to Parsons? Uh, no, he, he, he's a... Uh, he's a young Israel of QR now. Anyway, 
Um, the Shulta Gibarma asks this Kasha, he says an amazing Yisoyed. The Pasuk says, Ki loy ad ata el ha-menucha el ha-nachala. We know the base of English is called menucha and nachala. Means the base of Mikdash is a place of respite and inheritance. Which means when you go to the base of Mikdash, you need to feel permanence, settled, that this is where it's at, this is our home, this is our settled area. That means the Kalim need to infuse you with the feeling that we're here for good, unless Chasachan we ever have to go into Golis, but we're not going to be traveling and on the run. Now, well, wait a second, but all the Kalim have. Rings and poles. Rings and poles means we go here, we go there, we go there, we're on to this place, we make this stop, we make that stop. But that's antithetical to Menucha and Nachala. So therefore, the Mishkan, which did not have to be Menucha and Nachala, could have rings and poles. But the Beis HaMikdash was not allowed to have rings and poles because the Pasuk says Menucha and Nachala. Menucha and Nachala means permanence, not on the move. So the question though is, in that case, so therefore Shlomo Amelach he sees the mizbeach of Moshe and he sees it as rings and he has poles. So what's he going to do? Take a saw and chisel it off? He can't do that to Moshe's mizbeach. So what he has to do is he has to make a new mizbeach without poles and without rings. And then he had no choice but to bury the mizbeach of Moshe. So you say, okay, but what about the Arain? What about all the can? The Arain, the Shultikvarim says, there's a lav in the Torah. There's a lav. So he couldn't take it off. Menucha nachala, it's not like an assay, it's just a hashkafa. So, could not be violated by the Aron. So, by the Aron, Shalma had no choice, so he, uh, he had to keep the Aron. But the Mizbeach, where there's no lav to remove the poles, he's not going to cut them off, he's not going to hack them off. But he made a new one without Tabot and without Badim. So the question though is, so why didn't he make a new Shulchan? He should have made a new Shulchan. And that is the obvious question on the Shulte Giboyrim, that according to him, that the reason why Shalom Melch made a new Mizbeach is to be able to be Mekayim, El Amnucha, El Anachala, so why didn't he make a new Shulchan? So I heard from Rabbi Isaac Bernstein, so the Arayin, he, he couldn't do it because the Arayin has to have poles and rings. The Torah says, B'tabo'i sa'arayin, you habadim la yasuru mimenu. What about the Shulchan? Oh, good kasha. The question is, what about the Shulchan? Why didn't he make a new Shulchan? No, that's, I want to remove the Yeah, I can remove it. Why, can you, why is that allowed to be removed? That's the Torah says. There's no Xeris HaKasa that you can't take out the poles of the Shulchan. So if the reason he made a Mizbeach without poles is because Elam Nuchavayal Nachla, so he should have made a, a Shulchan without, uh, without poles. So Rabbi Bernstein quoted a beautiful Gemara, the end of Masech the Megillah. The Gemara uh, says about the Shulchan, it says in the Torah, in Parashat Shuma, the Shulchan is Shulchan HaTahar. Shulchan Tahar means it's able to become Tameh, but it happens to be Tahar. Sigmar says, why is a shulchan able to become tameh? Any wooden kli that's meant to be in one place and not moved cannot be makabal tumah. So why is the shulchan able to be makabal tumah? Says Gemara Chagiga, the shulchan is not meant to be in one place. Melameh, the Gemara Chagiga says, Shemagbi in Oisa, you lift up the shulchan. 
We would show those who would visit the temple for the festivals, the Oile Regalim, we would show them the Shulchan and we say, Look how much God loves you. So let's say you would come to uh, the Oile Regal. So you'd go up to the Beit HaMikdash and they would invite you inside and they would open up the Heichal. You couldn't go inside the Heichal. And they would bring the, the Shulchan to the edge of the door and you would see this piping hot bread. You say, wow, just out of the oven? You say, no. Well, well, uh, an hour ago? You know, like when you go into a pizza store, you, go, they, um, you see on the table, there's a slice there. It looks like, uh, like from three years ago. You say, you have anything fresh? Yeah, this. <laughs> right? Everyone says, this. So, this? Yeah, it j- just came out of the oven. Yeah. Right? You ever, they ever tell you that? It just came out of the oven. It looks like it was made like last Yoival. No, just came. But in, in the base Hamikdash, the bread was piping hot. It looked like a mom just came out of the oven. It come out yesterday? No, seven days ago. So we would tell the Oile Regalim, look how much Rebbein Shalom loves you. Look at this miracle that he's doing. Yeah? So Rabbi Yoh Gutmacher asks, here we have Oile Regalim. We could have shown them a whole host of miracles. We could have showed them the, the smoke going straight up from the Zbayach. And, you know, this Hurricane Katrina is coming and the smoke is going up straight up. Or we could have showed them meat lying everywhere with no flies. We could have showed them all kinds of miracles. What's the miracle we show them? The lechem aponim. Why do we dafka show them the lechem aponim? So he says a remarkable thing. He says, the Oile Regalim, who knows where they, they came from, you know, the north. They came from out of the country. They came from the border. And they basically leave their homes. And... Uh, the, their enemies are sitting there in their windows, you know, looking with binoculars when the Jews going to leave. So they, they could pounce on their property, they could steal their house, they could harm their families. And if you look uh, throughout Chazal, for example, the Gemara in Pesachim says there was a cow on Chesam shepherding and no wild animal uh, damaged the cow. And there's a Yalkod in Parshas Kisisa that somebody left the house full of chickens and they came back and the cats who tried to attack the chickens, they, the cats were torn apart. Or there was the Gentiles who tried to um, steal somebody's possession, and the Gentiles saw the owners going back and forth the whole week. And then when the owner came back after Sukkot, they said, you're just coming back now? They said, yeah. So who was there? They realized it was angels in the guise of the owners. So we see all kinds of miracles that God had to perform so that the Oile Regalim would not be harmed. Now, when they left their homes, they had to say, you know what, I'm leaving my wife here perhaps, I'm leaving my children here, I'm leaving my um, my possessions, my vaults, my safe, my home, and I have to have a muna that the way I leave it is the way it's going to be preserved until seven days later. But still, can you imagine how much anxiety they have? They have nice paintings in their homes, they have candelabra, chandelier, who says the way you leave something will be preserved exactly the same way seven days later as uh, seven days ago? So they come into the Beis HaMikdash, says Leo Gutmacher, and the miracle they show the Eurogelim is, look, with the help of Hashem, you can have something that's left, and seven days later it will be exactly the same as the way it was, it was put over there. So the miracle of the Lechem Aponim is exactly the same 
as the miracle of the Oile Regalim, as Hashem promises, So says Rabbi Isaac Bernstein, that this would answer our kasha on the Shalikibayram. We asked the Shalikibayram, so if Shlomo Melch made a new Mizbech HaKatoyras, why didn't he make a new Shulchan? Take make a Shulchan without Tabois and without uh, Badim. The answer is the Shulchan needs Tabois and Badim. What, what are we doing with it? I thought you need Menucha and Achala. The answer is we don't need the Tabois and the Badim to move it somewhere. We need it to be able to show the Oile Regalim. That was the function of the Tabois and the Badim. Now, so it comes out, we have two answers of why, shla, why the Mizbeach HaKatoris is mentioned at the end of Parsha Tzavah. Answer number one is, it's an indication to Shloimai that the Mizbeach HaZahav does not, in the times of the Samikdash does not have to be exactly the same as the Mizbechas of Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's why it's not mentioned in Parshas Chuma. That's the answer of the Archaim HaKadosh. And the answer to Shulta Giborim is L'Chaira, that, again, the Shulta Giborim is not an answer to why it appears in Parshas Tzatzaveh, it's merely an answer to why Shloimai HaMelech was able to to bury the Mizbech HaKadosh of Moshe Rabbeinu and to uh, make another one. What, what's the reason he did that? Because uh, the Mizbech HaKatoyres of Moshe Rabbeinu gave the impression that it's uh, a temporary Kli, and the Beis HaMikdosh had to be Menucha and Nachala. Let's explore another reason. So, for, so let's say according to the Arachayim HaKadosh. So the Mizbech HaKatoyres was uprooted from Parshas Truma. Why? To signal to, to, uh, Shlomo Melech that the Mizbech Haktaris that he makes in the base of Mikdash does not have to be exactly like that of Moshe Rabbeinu. But why Dafka Parshas Tetzaveh? Why is the Mizbech Haktaris mentioned in Parshas Tetzaveh? It could be anywhere. You know, I understand it's not in Truma, but why in Tetzaveh? What's the connection to Tetzaveh? So, look in the Svarno in number five. The Svarno says something uh, very interesting. He says that the Torah does not mention the Mizbeach with the other Kalim in Parshat Shuma. Why? Because the purpose of the Kalim of the Mishkan is to engender Hashra Hashchina, like the Pasuk says, V'shachanti b'soicham, V'asuli mikdash, V'shachanti b'soicham, so that means the purpose, the Svarno reads, God says, make for me a Mishkan, in accordance with everything I show you, the Mishkan and the Kalim, in other words, the purpose of the Kalim is to bring down Hashuras Hashchina. And the purpose of the Mizbech HaKetoyres was not to bring down Hashuras Hashchina. It was not to bring down the kavod of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Mishkan like the Karbanos was. What was the purpose of the Mizbeach? The purpose of the Mizbeach was L'chabed HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The purpose of the Mizbeach was to bring honor to Hashem after Hashem accepts the Karbanos Baratzayin and the morning and the evening we know after the Tamit Shalbein Ho'arbayim they brought the Katares. Why? The person of the Torah says, Hashem, you accepted all our avodah of the day. We want to honor you now. We want to um, bring you pleasure now. 
Like, We want to bring Kavay Hashem. So Parshas Truma is dedicated to that which brings down Hashras Hashchina. Parshas Tetzave is dedicated to the Avoida. And then once the Avoida is done, then we want to bring honor to Hashem, we want to bring Him Kavod. So therefore, we are Makdir the Ketara. So since its objective is different than that of Truma, it's in a different Parsha. So I just want to make one humble Hesafa. According to the Svarno, the purpose of the Mazech HaKtaras is to do what? To bring Kavod. So I think that it's appropriate that it should appear in the parsha of the Big Day Kahuna. After all, the parsha of the Big Day Kahuna begins, V'asu Big Day Kodesh la'aroi nachicha l'chavoid. So the purpose of the Big Day Kahuna is to bring God Kavod, and the purpose of the Ketores was to bring God Kavod, and therefore perhaps these two subjects are juxtaposed to each other. So I want to share with you uh, very briefly the approach of the Meshachachma and Rabbi Shuleib Diskin. The Meshachachma brings Ibn Ezra who asks, why isn't the Mazech Akhtaris discussed in Parshas Chuma? And he says, uh, Halachik uh, Nekuda. He says, all the other Kalim of the Mishkan, let's say the Arain, if you don't have an Arain, let's say the Arain is lost, let's say in the time of the Second Temple, they didn't have the Arain. Could you put the Luchais on the floor in the Kodesh HaKadoshim in the Makam of the Arayin? No. It has to be in the Arayin. The place is not significant. It's the Kli. Or, without a Mizbeach, could you be Makriv, the Karben Tamit Shoshachar? No. Or, without the Begodim, could you do the Avoida? No. Let's say you don't have a Menorah. Could you put the candles down on the floor and light them? No. All, everything mentioned in Truma and the beginning of Tetzaveh are Ma'akev. But the Mizbeach Mikdar Ketoras, which that was its chief function, the Mizbeach Mikdar Ketoras was not Ma'akev. If you don't have Mizbeach Ketoras, Rav is of the opinion, Mizbeach Shenekar Maktiran Ketoras B'Mekoymai. Therefore, since you don't need the Mizbeach to be Maktir the Ketoras, after it finishes talking about the whole subject of the Kalim and the Binyanim that are Ma'akev, that if you don't have them, you can't do that Avoidah, the Torah basically says, okay, let me tell you about another project. This project is not as critical because if you don't have this Mizbeach, you can still be Makhtar the Ketaras. So that's why it's discussed last. The Arain, without an Arain, you can't have Luchais. Without a Shulchan, you can't have Lechem upon him. Without a Menorah, you can't light Neirois. Without the Mizbeach, you can't bring a Karben But without the Mizbeach HaKetaras, you can be Makhtar Ketaras. And therefore, Lekach, Ksiv, Basar, Dehishlam, Koladinim, from the Kalim and the Binyanim, that are Mukhroch to teach making the Mizbech is only a mitzvah b'fnei atzma, but is not needed to be makter the Ketaris. By the way, Rabbi Shul Leib Diskin says the same thing. He says the reason why it delayed writing it here is because it's not ma'akev, because we paskin Mizbech shenekar maktirin Ketaris b'mekoymai. However, he has one nekuda. How do we know what the makoym is? One time you need to build the Mizbech to establish the makoym, and then, then after that, 
you're, you're able to bring the Kataras even though the Mizbeach is not present. Now, in the Midbar, they went from place to place to place to place to place. So in the Midbar, every time they moved somewhere, they had to build the Mizbeach Kataras to sanctify the Mokoim there. And once it was sanctified, they could be mocked the Kataras. That's why it's called Mizbeach Maktir Kataras, but not Lehaktir Kataras. Because you don't need it, Lehaktir Kataras. It's just the Mizbeach that you're Maktir Kataras on. But you don't, you're not going to call it Mizbeach Lehaktir, because even without the Mizbeach, you could be Maktir. It's just the Mizbeach that that is the Makam that you're Maktir Kataras. The Chida basically says, by the way, regardless from the Chida, the Chida says that the reason why the Torah is Ma'acher, the discussion of the Mizbeach Kataras, after everything, that it is not ma'akev. Then the Chidar quotes some other interesting answers. Part of the process of inaugurating the Mishkan was being Ma'akter Kitaras. That was the process of the Chinuch of the Mishkan. Therefore, in Parshish Tetzaveh, which discusses the inauguration of the Mishkan, it delays discussing the, the Mizbeach HaKtoiras until we get up to Tetzada, because part of the inauguration process of the Mishkan was bringing Ketoiras. So the Torah doesn't want to discuss it twice. It discusses the Mizbeach HaKtoiras and the HaKtoiras Ketoiras in the context of the Chinuch of the Mishkan, because that was one of the uh, functions of the, of the Chinuch. Another answer is that this Mizbeach is Mechaper. The Mizbeach was Mechaper. And it juxtaposed the Kapara of the Koyhanim uh, and the Big Dekuna to the Kapara of the Mizbeach. And another thing is, when are you makter the Ketoras? What time of the day? After the Tamar Shal Ben Harbayim. So in Tetzaveh, it talks about the Tamar Shal Shachar and the Tamar Shal Ben Harbayim. And that's why it waits to discuss the Ketoras Ketoras so that you understand the time frame to bring the Ketoras is after the Tamar Shal Ben Harbayim. That is the, uh, the another answer of the Chida. By the way, the Shas Shuvah's Halachas Ketanois he offers these reasons as well. First, he says that the Gemara Zvachim tells us that if the Mizbeach was Ne'akar, you can't bring Karbanos, but the Mizbeach HaPnimi, it's not Ma'akev, and you could bring Ketoros in a pan. Therefore, since we don't need the Mizbeach HaKetoros, it speaks about it last. Secondly, he says that just like Koyhanim are Mechaper, the Ketoros is Mechaper, therefore it's juxtaposed the Mizbeach uh, to the Big Day Kahuna, and then he brings the other answer of the Chida that were Mechanich, the Mizbeach Hazov, with Ketoras. Therefore, mentions it in the context of the Chinuch of the Mishkan. And furthermore, it's only brought in the end of the day after the Tamit Shabbat Harbayim, so it's written after the Haktaras Tamit Shabbat Harbayim. We'll end off with the reasoning of the Gra. We said that the bringing of the Ketoras is a kapara. Now the beginning of Kisisa talks about the ingredients of the Ketoras and 
it also talks about the Machsas HaShekel. And what's the purpose of Machsas HaShekel? V'nasata es kesef hakipurim. The Machsas HaShekel is mechaper on Kali, so it's a kapara. So therefore, the Torah juxtaposes the kapara of the Ketores to the kapara of the Machsas HaShekel because they're both forms of kapara. In other words, says the Gra, the kalim of the Mishkan and the big day kahuna and the hakravas, hakarbanois, is to elicit hashras hashchina. And Hashem says through the building of the kalim, I'm going to be shoich in the shechina. But afterwards, you need kapara. The kapara is achieved through the ketores and through the machsas hashakel. And therefore, the Torah juxtaposes the subject of the ketores to the machsas hashakel in order to put adjacent to each other these two uh, items of atonement. Okay, Rabbi Isai, wish everyone a wonderful evening. Brachat Sacha. And uh, we'll see you guys again next Wednesday. Kol tov, everyone. Bye-bye. So Rabbi, how many of the Mizbachim was there? One for the Ketorit and one for the Kohanot? Yeah. So how many? Two. Uh-huh. It was different type of Kohanot, so we didn't have a, a dedicated Mizbach? Yeah, they, they had a dedicated for the uh, Karbanos, the Mizbach HaChitzayim, right. and uh, they had one for the... They had one... Do we have a minion here? We have ten within Davin. We have six within Davin. Could four people? Do we have ten in the room? We need six now. Yeah, before we even. Okay, let's let's Davin if that's okay. Yeah. We have ten. Yeah. How many do we have within Davin? Didn't. Seven. No, I didn't. We have seven. Good.